This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dojo Live this January 6, 2023. My name is Kim Lantis, and it's my pleasure to be mediating right a very special or moderate moderating rather a very special series we have on dojo live this month the entire month of january you can join us on friday 10 o'clock pacific for a series all about the metaverse and here for show number one are jo- joining me are fermin we've got fermin fermin chavez dianela gamboa and sandra vasquez all from ancora thank you for joining me Thank you for having us. Yes, it's going to be super fun. And I feel like it's going to be, it feels like it's like this personalized learning show for me. (laughs) I know that's not the case, but I'm going to feel special and I'm going to go with it. So before we get started about the metaverse and why we've kind of chosen this series, sorry, you can probably hear my dog barking. She's nuts. Um, Sons is famous now here on Dojo Live. Uh, So let's get to kind of know you all a bit better. Like I said, Sandra, you are a UX and, and CX or user experience, customer experience leader at Encora. Daniela, you are a UX designer. And of course, we've got Fermin, UX researcher, covering the whole, you know, uh, uh, spectrum here of what is UX. Um, but please tell us a bit about yourselves, your backgrounds, kind of what led up to this UX path in your lives, and especially your interest in metaverse. Thank you. We can start with you, Sandra, take it away. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you, Kim. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I always enjoy the dojo life, uh, being part and watching it as well. Uh, well, I'm, I, as Kim mentioned, I lead the UX and the design team here at Encora, uh, Mexico. And my background is uh, also in, in entrepreneurship. I had my own startup and make all the mistakes possible <laughs> when it comes to user experience. And it, has, uh, it was kind of my way to learn. So on my career, my focus has been on helping other companies uh, from a startup to large organization to always uh, make processes and products that will be loved by the users, that will be able to be developed by the development team and that will make some money. Uh, so this is um, how my career got started. And uh, for me, Metaverse is a topic very interesting. I have always been passionate in technology. I don't want to disclaim myself. Well, I was the generation that was born without internet and was able to grow with the internet. And I see that metaverse is the next step, and it is uh, it will provide a lot of ways of for companies to improve their business, their workflows, and their competitiveness. And I'm excited. I wanted to be part of this. All right, nice. Next, the next thing. Cool. For me, let's kick off then with you. Thank you. Hey. Uh, well. Um... I don't know. <laughs> I'm an engineer. I have a master's degree in uh, industrial design. And I kind of shifted towards design because I was sort of dissatisfied with the things that I was doing or supposed to do as, as an engineer before. I, I thought that for them to work, they needed to, to be thought of differently. And that's where I found design, like a, user first, I think, like, uh, if you play some from Tan Center, then everything makes sense for me. And it's like, oh, okay, then I know what I have to do. But the other way around wasn't working for me. So that's what happened. And well, Dianella and I, we've been talking about this metaverse thing for a while now. Uh, it's very, um, 
trendy these days, and there's a lot of conception and conceptions and misconceptions around it. And I was just realizing that uh, I did like my bachelor's thesis was uh, used some uh, augmented reality uh, on it, and I didn't realize it. I hadn't thought of it that way, and I have participated in projects that are part of the extended augmented virtual reality thing. And I didn't think of them that way because my ideas of the metaverse are separate, like dominated, but what's topical. And I guess we wanted to clear the air, like what is really happening here? What can we do? What can we know? What is there to know? So, yeah. I like that. And I think it aligns with your own story of less about the how and more about the why. And I think that's, that's great. Perfect. And Daniela, last but not least, what's your story? Okay, so I'm a UX designer and I had also like a change of career. I am a graphic designer, but I started all marketing. So I worked in marketing a long time, but then I realized that um, I wanted more like a balance between business goals versus user goals. So I was always focused on making landings to, you know, make clicks to um, draw audience. And I liked that and I loved that. But then when I realized like, okay, but what am I giving to the user? Why does he want to click this? That's where I started to think about the UX world and I started learning and I loved it. So I just shifted. <laughs> I said, bye, I love this. So um, as for me, I was saying, I, I love the metaverse and the UX um, XR world because I think that that balance between why are we doing this instead of, oh, how cool can it be? Like, why are we building this? Why are we creating this kind of stuff? Is it good? Is it bad? Why is it good? Why is it bad? So those type of questions was um, what we were thinking and that we wanted to discuss like more um, as a point of view, like what do you think? What do I think? So that's the, the focus of this episode so we can talk about it. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you. So let's kind of kick it off. I think something that you had said for me, which brings us to the, the topic of today's show, and that's really the metaverse basics. So we're going to be talking about virtual, augmented, and mixed reality. But the biggest question, and I think the first question is this idea of conceptions and misconceptions. So what is the metaverse? What is it? And maybe what is it not? Well, I would like to start because that's sort of the process we took to get here. And perhaps the most dominant definition is like the pop culture one. Not what it is, but what we think it is. And I think most of us think of it as this internet that you can walk around in. That's it. Like, oh, it's like the internet, except it's virtual. And that is like, perhaps if you ask anyone, it will be sort of that definition. And I think it's interesting, but not exactly accurate. <laughs> and, and perhaps uh, Dianella can give us more details like, okay, how, we, how do we go from that definition that is somewhat accurate, but it's in our imaginations to what is actually out there. Yeah, so I started my learning path too with this. So I started with the conception of it and then I learned, I think the most important part that I learned was that all of these metaverse and a AR and VR are totally separate things. And also there's no one metaverse. There's no one owner. There's no one single centralized metaverse. 
there should be tons of metaverses. There should be a lot of, of information and a lot of users using them. So I think the long answer, uh, it will be that it is an internet-like system. It is not like the internet. So instead of using like the normal three-dimensional world metaphor, um, we are using like virtual representations of us in the metaverse. So it will be like a digital avatar in our minds, of course. <laughs> um, so instead of a hyperlink, hyperlink, like your profile on Instagram or Facebook, you will be you, like an avatar, right? So that's the, the idea. And that will be the metaphor that we're looking forward to. But the reality is that it could be whatever we want. <laughs> it, will, it will be whatever we want. And it will be created for a lot of users. It will be lots of metaphors, a lot of metaverses. And I think that will be the actual um, idea of what it will happen. Yeah, it sounds fun. And I think it, it kind of is a good question of what we'll talk about a bit later, I think. And that's the ethical implications of what this could or could not be. Yeah, and uh, the yeah, that I came across a while, a while ago, and I really like it and kind of resonate with me, was that the internet is something that you browse, and we are very familiar with it. But the metaverse is something that people will, is experiencing. Uh, so for me, that is what resonated. Uh, the uh, metaverse doesn't compete with the internet like a lot of people does, but it's more that you build in, in the internet. Uh, and here you're building experiences. How do you experience metaverse? I like that. I think and it, and it really aligns with your all's passion and where you're coming from as well. So the way I understand it and really the title of today's show is kind of these three components, right? We've got the VR component, the XR component, the AR component. So virtual, augmented and mixed reality. Do we want to dive into those a bit and just sort of perhaps separate what that means for our listeners today? Yeah, I guess we could do like a quick recap <laughs> Because they are like we see them everywhere, and they are slightly different from one another, and we sometimes use them interchangeably when we shouldn't. It's a whole thing, you know. But uh, let's say uh, virtual reality that is an experience that is completely virtual in which you are immersed and you have some control over. Like uh, the most basic example is like a 360 video, it's a virtual world, and your interaction is limited to your point of view. That's it, you have some control over it and it's completely virtual. The augmented reality on the other way is like overlaying some digital computer generated content over the real world. And I think uh, an example that blew my mind because I didn't realize how ubiquitous it was is when we're watching sports and we get like this overlays, like you watch in American football and you see the line moving with the players. Uh, mm -hmm. You watch the Olympics and there's a lot of uh, digital overlays that is actually augmented reality. But oh, I love that one where you're like where where they are to like beat the world record or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah, like and go, you go, go, go. moving ahead. <laughs> yeah, that is augmented reality. Uh, that's what we're getting, and I never thought of it that way, but it is what it is. But between the two, there is like a whole spectrum of mixed reality. When you go from some augmentation to completely virtual, uh, that's MR, mixed reality, and the whole package, including all three of them. It's what we call extended reality. And perhaps that is the most useful term because none of the, it's rare that you get a pure experience of one or the other. You often get some mixture of the tree. Yeah, I like to think it as a graph, like you have 
I'm going to put my, my hands here. So this is full reality and this is full virtuality. So this is all what we call XR, like the X, like meaning every kind of reality that you can have. So the full world, like real world, you will have all of your five senses, right? You can see, you can walk, you can experience everything. But in the virtual world, it will be the same, but in the virtual world. You can see, you can experience, you can feel, you can touch in the virtual world. So at the middle, let's say, is the augmented reality where you can see the world, but you can also see virtual stuff like Pokemon Go, like you can have your, your cell phone and you have your, your camera and you're seeing some virtual stuff. Also with lenses, so you can see um, when you're moving around in your table, maybe some little, <laughs> I don't know, funny Pokemons. So that's the, like the graph, like continuum. So that's the full reality. You'll have um, all of your five senses. And in the full virtuality, you'll have your five senses, but inside the virtual world. So like the, it's called the DOF, like degrees of freedom. So of course, if you're in the real world, you'll have uh, all. And in the other one, you'll have none because you will be on the virtual world. So that extension of the reality could be more virtuality, more reality, more, and we can have a lot of interchangeable ideas. Like for me, when saying an example where you're in the virtual world, but you can see your phone. So you're in the virtual, but you also have reality here. So that could happen. You can have both of them. It's not like one replaces the other or you can replace. So that's the good stuff. I think there's a lot of options. I think there totally is a lot of options. And I think let's talk about maybe what we need in the real world to experience this, this virtual world. For example, you mentioned your cell phone, you mentioned glasses, you know, where are we currently? And maybe where do you see this heading? Like what, what do we need to, to experience this, this metaverse and how perhaps accessible is this to the general public? Well, it's, it's more accessible by the hour. Like, uh, it's funny that you mentioned because uh, last night I sent a, a clip to, to Dianella. HTC just released a new virtual reality headset and it's aiming for the $100 mark. And we've gone from like $600 to like $100 and it's becoming more and more accessible every day. Um, and that's basically what you need, like a headset is the most basic thing. Uh, different headsets have different capabilities. Like uh, there was uh, the Google Cardboard, uh, perhaps we don't remember it, it's discontinued now, but it was just like a cardboard accessory for you to put your phone in. That is at the most basic what you need, like you need a viewport with some control, like uh, your viewport or your smartphone has like an accelerometer that can tell your orientation. That's the most basic stuff. More complicated, more expensive headsets have more degrees of freedom. They have like external controls that you can grab onto. There are even whole rooms that map your position. But like if we go for the basics, you need just a headset. Very cool. And so let's talk about something. I think, Daniela, you touched on this a little bit and this idea of perhaps escapism um, and this balance between this five senses in the real world and this balance between the five senses in the virtual world and maybe what that could imply for both good and bad. I think in, in the, the real environment that we live in, do we need to, what do we need to keep in mind to strike a balance? And, you know, I think it's exciting because we, not, not me, but I mean, <laughs> We as humanity have this like entire frontier ahead of us. And I think there probably is some 
accountability, right? Responsibility that we have to really think about building it right from the start. I think an example that comes to my mind is, is social media, right? Of what maybe we had initially thought that it could become, what it has become, and all this potentially negative consequences and fallout that maybe hadn't been foreseen. So if we can learn from that as we're building something entirely new, um, what are some of these moral implications? Fermin, you love this question. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a lot of it. I think um, I have to, uh, I'm very prone to like fatalist thinking, like uh, thinking in extremes. And sometimes I would be like, okay, if we can't make That's, it. You're a pessimist, but the yeah. pessimist likes to say he's a realist. <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes it's like, if we can't make it like 100% perfect and safe and sound, then we shouldn't have to make it. And that's not how it works. That's not how it should work. I don't think it will be perfect, but I think that as you were saying, like we have learned a lot from social media, from all its downfalls, and we can take those learnings to build a better metaverse. Um, there's a lot of implications here. There's ecological, social, um, identity things that we have to consider. A lot of them don't have answers right now, but the thing is that the questions are there and we're thinking about them. And I think that's good. Um, I guess for me, I, I, I'm very concerned about the environment. Um, and tying back to escapism, this idea that we want to escape our reality because it's not very good right now or something. Well, yeah, we can take it that way, but I think at, uh, when we frame it from the escapist point of view, we are kind of giving it a bad rep because it's not that we're escaping, it's that we are building things there, we are interacting, we are learning, uh, and we are in a way caring for our reality as well. Like uh, there's these ideas of uh, perhaps uh, visiting endangered species harms them more than it helps them. You could visit the virtual versions of them, take away the same learning, the same experience, but you don't harm the real thing. There's more uh, like options to interact with your environment, to care for it, instead of just escape from it. And that is also a social thing, like uh, things you don't really realize are metaverse or virtual reality. I was thinking of the film from um, Iñárritu, uh, Blood and Sand. And it was a virtual experience. It got him an honorary Oscar. And it was about uh, empathy, about the experience of immigrants. So it's not really that you're escaping when you look at it. It's that we are learning new ways of interacting, of experiencing things. It comes at a cost, like the ecological concern, like uh, the energy expenditure of keeping all of these machines running is a concern for sure. But it's one we can work towards solving at least, because we know it's there, we're not ignoring it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good point. Something that doesn't even cross my mind, I think, as a member of the general public, the energy that it takes for all of us to be connected, because it just just happens, right? Or that's how we perceive it. Sandra, you're going to say something. Oh, yeah. A way that I like to see it is uh, rather than escaping, uh, people is actually using it on how can we improve the actual experience that we have right now? How can we improve the real work or processes on the day to day uh, to make it more accessible for other people, to make it more um, 
we can do things that might be very limited. Uh, one example is in which AR and VR is used in therapy. Uh, imagine that you are af afraid of flying and instead of you know, having to purchase a ticket and do all this exercise that would allow you to get uh, better at this phobia, you are, uh, therapists are using um, different VR solutions to make the patients have the whole experience from a safe environment. Uh, we can see it also in, in logistics. A lot of people is using it, or companies are using it to uh, help train their employees on what are the better way to storage the different materials that they have. Uh, um, travel is also a big, uh, a big, in, uh, big industry that is getting an advantage of it. Uh, here at Encora, we also have health companies on the fintech area, you know, uh, create programs using uh, ER and AR. Uh, to help train their employees on how to solve machines that might be really expensive to, tra to, to travel or that it make a mis uh, if they make a mistake, it will be very expensive, but they can train on a VR environment. I think that's a really good point. And something that comes to my mind too is this, this idea of maybe reverse engineering or even experimenting. I, I can see this happening of, I don't know, all kinds of different use cases. Let's say like in economics, right? If we wanted to try... A, a tax percentage or what would this look like? How would this function in the real world? Um, different ways of voting. How, how are people actually doing this? And, and perhaps, you know, pulling some of these results in a place where nothing really in the real world without any real world impact, but being able to kind of draw real world conclusions, right? I think that's absolutely fascinating. Cool. I love so, that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I just wanted to add that I love that you use that part of um, creating non-creating impact, but what happens when we do create impact? I, I have one example that I love because I, I think I started uh, to learn more about the metaverse and the XR uses with this misconception to like, um, what? why do we want to escape? Why do we want to create other worlds? Like what's wrong with the world? Of course, a lot. But I think what I learned was that Actually, the first use of a um, 360 video and the um, way that they used it was on journalism. They traveled to Syria and they um, record the stuff from a kid's perspective. So then they go to the UN and show them t that video. And it was like they were experiencing it. I mean, if they never went there, they may never understand that experience for the actual people living there. So when they experienced that video, they started crying. So they understood finally, and they, they got the chance to do something, to actually make decisions, to actually change their, their reality. But if they don't go there, they don't understand, they don't know. So I think I love that because that happens all the time. And, and in food banks, they made that video where you are standing in the line, like waiting for food. So when you are about to get to the food on the food bank, uh, the people in the, the for, sorry, the guy in front of you like has a scissor and dies in front of you. And they were like, what? Why am I seeing this? I don't want to see this. And they just like handed you the newspaper with that happened. And that guy died because um, he had diabetes and he didn't receive the food on time. So that's the, the type of stuff that they are doing with the um, augmented reality and the virtual reality. Like 
not actually escaping from our reality, but um, like noticing the reality, making others mm -hmm. notice the reality, what's really happening in the world. Like, yeah. I love that um, use. That's augmenting real-world empathy, <laughs> which exactly. I think would, would therefore make this need to escape, if that's the word we want to use, um, less, yeah. less necessary, right? Yeah. Very yeah. cool. So we're coming actually to the final few minutes of the show today, if you can believe it or not. And I think we're, we're still up in the air of this, this question of, is the metaverse safe, right? Or who should be, perhaps who should be using it? Should anyone be using it? Let's kind of take a vote here. Dianela, is it safe? I think it can be safe. Okay. For me. Yeah, I think we can make it safe. We know how to do that. There's uh, the groundwork. Uh, the groundwork has been laid out for us. We just have to follow it. There's a lot of experts that have said, "Okay, these are the security risks. This is how we address them." And once we know that, well, we know what to do. It's just that we get to it. We can make mm -hmm. it safe. I think. Yeah, yeah. And Sandra, you think so? Yeah, I totally agree with, with Fermin. Uh, as a humanity, is now our first rodeo. Uh, there are some security and privacy issues as well as they appear when we have started with social media. But I think uh, organizations uh, are moving forward organizations and the ones that have that vision are the ones who are leading into this metaverse uni uh, universe and development. And we are the ones who are going to make the rules of how to make it, make it safe, uh, how to make it safe for the users, for, for the business. Uh, so I think uh, we have done it before and we can do it again. I think so too. And I think what I'm drawing from our conversation today is the metaverse really is, I think, for everyone, right? I can see cases and use cases where children um, and all the way up to, you know, the elderly can kind of benefit from this you know, able-bodied individuals, people with disabilities especially, I think, can take advantage of what the metaverse can can bring to them and a sense of normalcy. Uh, I think it's really beautiful. But I think it's just like we've talked about, this consciousness of making sure that it is a safe space and um, trying to learn perhaps from, from past mistakes. And I think this is just some of these things, this kind of pop culture element. And we'll end today's show because we've got three more shows, folks, coming up, three more shows all about the metaverse. We'll be able to deep dive into other topics, like I said, every Friday for the month of January. So we'll end this particular show on something kind of fun, perhaps thought-provoking, but fun. And I think this is inspired by this urban legend we have of whether it's true or not, I do not know. But Walt Disney, right, decades ago, passed away. And rumor has it that he froze his body because he chooses or would like to be reanimated, right, whenever that technology sort of catches up. So it brings me to this question of, can we live forever? I think this is also inspired by a Ready Player One film as well. What do you guys think? Can we live forever in the metaverse? I think there's ways to look at it. Uh, one way is to, to ask whether we can spend most of our lives within the metaverse. I think that's already a reality for a few people. Like they can spend most of the day there, they can make money there and survive from there. That's a, a life in the metaverse. And the, I think that is a reality right now for a few people. Whether most of the people will get there in time, I don't know, it's an open question. The other way to look at the question is like whether our existence or digital existence can be prolonged in the digital world. And that's a lot of, there's a lot of implications there. <laughs> 
like but uh when we when i think about that one it's more of okay let's go to pop culture what it's been done what has been said because it's a question coming from that perspective and i think those are both things that we will be discussing next time we will we will be talking about finances and how money works within and outside and around the metaverse and we will also be talking about uh pop culture in our third episode and the ideas that have influenced and shaped it Yes, and I love that because I think our generation grew up watching these types of movies, like this um, apocalypse of the internet, of the technology, like the robots or something like that. So we also had misconceptions because of these movies. So I love to talk about that in one of the episodes. So what do you think? What do you um, believe this will happen? how it will happen, okay. the brands that are scaring us. <laughs> so I think that's the, the type of information that we want to discuss and, and maybe, I don't know, learn something from it and something about our, our culture too. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is a question of the ages. Just because we can doesn't mean that we should. Totally. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I recently got to watch my, my 11 year old daughter got to watch all of the Harry Potter films for the first time. And it makes me think of the, um, the, the last one, right. With the, uh, the, the Deathly Hallows. And there's the wand and the stone and the cloak and the wand and the stone turn out bad, but the cloak at the end, he decides I'm going to join death, right? Like I don't have to evade this anymore. So anyway, there's this question of just because we can, should we? And that's the question of the ages. Perfect. Well, I think we've had a really great introduction to what the metaverse is, the idea of virtual, augmented, and mixed reality. We've tapped into some of the ethical implications as well. And as we laid out, we're going to be connecting every Friday this month to dive in more. Uh, Fermin, what's the high level? You gave that again, but what can we expect over the next three weeks? Okay, so we'll be talking finances next week. The week after that, we will be talking about pop culture, our imaginations, the possibilities of a future with the metaverse, a healthy future, one we want. And on the next uh, final episode, last week of January, uh, we will be talking about access, hardware implications, the less known uses of the metaverse. There's a lot of interesting stuff that we didn't even cover here. So yeah, join us this month. Join us. Perfect. Well, thank you for me, Danila and Sandra for your expertise today. Um, yeah, check it out. Until next Friday and you Metaverse gurus, um, stay safe and we'll see you then. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.